there is a school of thought that Christians should not be dealing with trials and challenges in their everyday life. But Ashley Marcus is going to teach us that this school of thought is 100% wrong and how we can look to God in our trials. My suffering didn't go away, but I was no longer afraid in the suffering. I began to pray that God would give me strength to endure it, not just make it go away, which was my previous prayer. You're listening to Unshaken, and I'm your host, Julianne Warmer. Hey, thanks for listening today. It is going to be a great episode. I'm 100% confident of that. Today is episode 147, and this is our fourth installment of our Feminology series that we've been doing on the first Thursday of each month. If you listened to us last year in 2022, we also talked about Feminology on the first Thursday of each month. It's a little different, um, but I encourage you to go back and listen to those. This year, our overarching topic is emotions and how to deal with them, because we as women tend to have some emotions now and then. We looked at the big picture with Cheryl Bailey in January. The topic of love with Rochelle Mickle um, in February, which fit well with Valentine's Day, of course. And with Heather Kramer last month, we chit-chatted about jealousy. All of those were just really good conversations. So go back and listen, but I do want to mention that it is not important in these particular year to listen in a particular order. So if you're feeling like you're struggling with jealousy, go back and listen. If you're feeling like you're struggling with any of the emotions that we bring up, I just encourage you to just pick that one out and listen to it maybe even more than once. Sometimes that's helpful. Um, I know that I personally learn every single time I have a guest on. It seems like God is always working on my heart. <laughs> maybe someday I will have all my problems solved. Uh, okay, truthfully, not until heaven. Um, but these episodes are both for you and for me. Um, I still have emotions, and I'm almost a half a century old. That's kind of crazy to say. Um, I still need to keep them in check, and I got to work on it. So let's get at it today. Today, I'm going to guest. I'm going to guest. I'm not going to guest anything. <laughs> so today, my guest is going to share all about how to fight despair and have hope. I just want to stop there because that's just really important. We need to have hope. And today we're going to hear all about it. I'm really excited about what she has to share. Let me introduce you to my my dear friend, Ashley Marcus. We've been friends a long time. Yeah. And it's great to have you join us. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. This is a really fun topic. Hope and despair is fun. Oh, man. It is fun because God is so glorious and he shows himself yeah. in yes. it. Yes. It, so let's just start with, tell us a little bit about your life. Um, you've been on the podcast before. Um, but not everybody knows you who's listening. So tell us about your life, your family, what you do all day. Well, I'm married uh, to Stephen Marcus, and we've been married for about 19 years now almost. Um, together we have 10 children and um, one in glory. And I homeschool seven Wow. with twin toddlers and a newborn. Do you? Wow. You homes, that, that's, that's like a, a hefty sentence. I homeschool seven right now with a two, two toddlers and a newborn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's I don't loud. even have to ask you what you do all day. <laughs> I know what you do all day. <laughs> uh, okay. So I'm at Bible study right now. Um, well, not right now at this moment. We're actually recording at this moment. But um, when I'm in the Bible study that I'm in, um, we have icebreakers every week. And uh, one of the ladies, my friend, asked some really great ones that were awesome. So I'm going to ask them to you. Are you ready for some icebreakers? Yeah. Okay. So what superhero trait would you want if you could have it? Well, my children have actually said for years that my superpower is feeding people. 
because <laughs> I nurse all my newborns and, and um, we have people over often and up to my husband that just feeding people is my superpower. Apparently. Okay. <laughs> wow. I love it. I, I, um, I wouldn't think of that, but you know what? With hungry children, that is a superpower, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Also, if you could have an unlimited item, one item for the rest of your life, what would it be? Before you answer, mine, every single time I am asked this question, is peanut butter. <laughs> I, I just need like a whole pantry of peanut butter. I love it on everything. So how well, about you? This one's a little harder, but I would probably say gas right now because we have several drivers. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's crazy when you get multiple drivers. It's awesome because they can go to the store and pick up milk and eggs, which are super expensive. Yes, that or, would be another one on my yes, list. Yes, <laughs> I was just thinking that. I'd like unlimited eggs. Someone said I should buy chickens. Yeah, we can have six in the city limits, apparently. I know. Yeah. I, I, I could do chickens, but then you actually have to feed the chickens, so they actually cost yes. money. I don't know. We have fox in our backyard, so oh, we can't have chickens. chickens. They would, would be dead. Be, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's right. They would be eaten by them. Mm-hmm. All joking aside, Ashley, I am really excited about having you on today to talk about this topic. Um, I have actually had some really distinct times where I felt hopeless and despaired. I'm sure that our reasons for hopelessness and disparity were different from each other, but I'm pretty much guessing that I'm not alone. I bet a lot of our listeners have had these times. Um, So, Ashley, I know that you have, and I just am excited. Let's just hear how we can honestly deal with this actually relatively common issue. I think sometimes uh, hopelessness or despair, we can feel like it's a shameful emotion, but let's take a look at it. I'm looking forward to talking about this with you. Yeah, thanks. Um, I'm actually so pleased to be talking about hope today. Uh, the subject is so near and dear to my heart because of the greatness that God has shown me through my own struggle. And um, I've struggled both mild and severe forms for many years. And uh, God has always revealed himself to me through um, through that struggle and this living hope that he mm-hmm. presents uh, today, um, I wanted to take a few seconds uh, to think about the most influential people in our lives. Who talks to you the most? Is it your husband, a parent, a friend? Well, I'm going to challenge your thinking for a moment and say that it's not any of those people, that it's you. You may be thinking, what does this have to do with our subject today of hope? Well, <laughs> I believe it's foundational for us to understand that what we believe influences the way we think. And the way that we think influences how we act. And how we act influences how we feel. So the emotion of hope finds its foundation in our beliefs. Our belief is what we preach to ourselves day in and day out. I know that in my years of struggling with loss and hopelessness, that it often began with believing and preaching to myself a promise that God never gave to me, and neglecting to preach the true promises he did give. But before I go too far into speaking about hope today, um, I want to acknowledge that whenever I'm working with women struggling with despair, depression, or loss of hope, I always ask them if they consulted with their doctor first. This emotion affects us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And while we're working on the emotional and spiritual side of it, we need to at least look into this physical side. It may be that you have medications interacting or an illness that can be treated by your doctor, and he really should be looking at that. Um, But while um, all that medical stuff is taking place, 
what I'm going to say still stands independent as truth. Yeah, that's really good advice. Sometimes like our hormones can affect our mental well-being, so to speak. So seeking out a doctor is good. I I love that you brought that up. Uh, We're not really going to talk about the doctor end of it, but I do think that's an important piece in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, So hope is our fuel for life. It drives our actions. Hope gives us the desire to keep going or to strive harder in whatever we're pursuing. Days that are filled with hope, we accomplish great things. But a day with no hope is a day spent looking for a reason to keep going. The world defines hope as cherishing a desire with anticipation or wanting something to be true. We hope in things like our unfaithful spouse will return. We hope that our children will be obedient and respectful. We hope this illness will be cured. We hope that we'll get a job promotion. We hope that we're going to be married someday. We so often put our hope in a vain optimism that we'll get what we want or have our difficulties disappear. The struggles we go through in life are real. Life is hard and there are difficulties. We all face them in some form. The question is, how are we preparing to face these trials? Um, Are you just hopeful that there won't be any or that they'll be mild? Are you hoping that the world will fix any problems that come your way? In contrast, a biblical hope is a confident expectation based on God's character and promises, not our desire. Biblical hope is a living hope. Mm. This is where we lay our foundation as believers for the hard times in our life. Romans 15, 4 says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So like before, an unfaithful, unbiblical hope is wrong. So is the lack of hope in a Christian's life. So according to Romans 15, It's God's desire for his people to be full of hope, hope that is grounded in truth from the scripture. As an example, um, I have personally found that depression, despair, and hopelessness can be difficult to get out of because it's a cycle of sin. One step of wrong belief leads to a wrong action and leads to wrong thinking and wrong feelings. It's a slippery slope that unless you stop it at the beginning— you will continue in it. But there is hope. In contrast, hopefulness can be a cycle as well. This biblical cycle brings joy and purpose to our lives. Where are you today? Are you struggling in a cycle that leaves you feeling hopeless? I certainly have struggled with this. I know that truth found in Romans 15, that God wants his children to have hope, But there was a time that I couldn't find it. I remembered it like a distant dream. I couldn't find it. I kept reading and praying through the hopeless days and nights. And I felt lost in despair, looking for a joy I once had in my Savior. I felt hurt and uncomforted. I felt abandoned by God. And I couldn't reason all of these feelings with the truth that I knew truth that God says that he would never leave me nor forsake me in Deuteronomy 31, 8. Truth that he comforts the brokenhearted in Psalm 3, 18. And that he leads us beside still waters in Psalm 23, 2. 
So how could I feel so despaired when I knew truth? In that wrestling with God, I came upon Romans 5, 3 through 5. And it says, not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. I saw in these verses a cycle of hope. I saw in these verses also why I was stuck in a cycle of hopelessness. God's word is a wonderful source of hope for his children when they purpose to obey what he's put forth. But in our natural flesh, our feelings want us to do the complete opposite. The opposite is a cycle of hopelessness. As I explained the cycle of hopelessness, I found, think about your situation, honestly, and see if this could be you or where you might be in it. I will have um, some kind of sample of these drawings somewhere around here, right? <laughs> yes, we're going we're gonna to put these in the show notes okay. and on our social media. So if I could pause and remind people to go to our social media, which is Women of the Word, um, on Instagram and Facebook, you will be able to find these, and we're going to put them on our page so that you can find them easily and not just on our story because those are fleeting. So we want you to keep a hold of them and maybe download them right to your phone so you have them that would be so wonderful i i had to draw it when i was first visualizing it to um help me work through yeah. the cycle so that'll be really helpful i love that you drew it actually <laughs> i mean i actually i'm not just saying that to say it i think it's really cool to i i love charts i love drawing things out i think that's really helpful at times yeah so it was good. extremely helpful to me so so tell us about these charts because we don't we're, we're a podcast where you listen so yes what okay. They look like? So at the top of the spiral was number one, grumbling in your suffering. Suffering is never fun, but it is certain in this life that you will encounter some. Grumbling and complaining is often how we relate to each other in the world. We like to talk about our misfortunes together. We empathize with one another about how horrible things are. We also make excuses because of a situation that we're in. Like, of course, it's understandable to grumble. I've wanted a baby for so long, or this back pain has been intense for so many years now, I can't be expected to keep working. Or like me, I just lost a child. Of course, it's hard to keep going. I can't be expected to speak kindly to people. All of these examples are real hurts. And I know that I haven't even touched on the ways that we can suffer. However, we think that the suffering itself justifies the complaining, and that is the foundation of wrong belief. Mm -hmm. That leads us to number two, retreating. This is when we start to pull away from our friends and our family and our activities that we love. We start isolating ourselves. This also feels really right to do because we're already raw from the mm -hmm. suffering, and someone might say something insensitive and hurt us, I also felt during that time that um, I was consumed with my own suffering. And if anyone said anything about their suffering in their life, I really just hated them. Mm -hmm. I couldn't handle it. And um, that was wrong thinking. So then that led me to number three, self-indulgence. This is when we start 
spending lots of time on social media, binge watching Netflix. Um, some people turn to drinking or drugs. We can neglect our work and our children. Um, this is where we want to be numb and pretend that this life is not our life. Uh, we like to immerse ourselves in, in those shows. Yeah, we escape. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes uh, during this time, you can feel really weak and tired, you know, sleeping a lot. And these are wrong actions. And that led, us, led me to number four, which is hopelessness, looking for a reason to keep going. And then that led me back up to the top to continually grumbling, followed by more retreating and more self-indulgence and more hopelessness. Boy, that was me. It was a cycle for many years. That was wrong feelings. Then by faith, I began to follow my second chart from Romans 5. Um, remember, I had to start back at the top with number one, rejoice in suffering. We usually don't despair over nothing. Some are great sufferings, some are small sufferings, but we're commanded by God to rejoice in them. First Peter 1.3 says that we are born into a living hope. I thought to myself, what does this look like? What is a living hope? We're first born in this world to die, but God in his great mercy has called us to be born again through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. In this new birth, we will live eternally. Where? In the glory of God himself, who saved us when we were lost. That is a living hope. Amen. That we will live eternally in the glory of God's presence. And I was able to rejoice in that fact, that God was doing a work in me. He was wrestling me, and I knew I wanted that. I rejoiced that Jesus was perfect in his suffering to die for me complaining in mine. Mm. And that was the foundation of right belief. So I found my reasons to rejoice. And that led me to number two, endurance. The rejoicing gave me a resolve, a, a resolve to stand strong, to not yield to the pressure of the continued suffering. My suffering didn't go away, but... I was no longer afraid in the suffering. I began to pray that God would give me strength to endure it, not just make it go away, which was my previous prayer. When, when the complaining and spiral thinking would pop back into my mind, because it didn't automatically go away, I'd confess it quickly and ask the Lord to change my heart, to praise him and to not grumble. That was the right thinking. And that led me to number three, character. And as I stood faithful, although not sinless in any regard, in my suffering, I began to learn humility and joy. That helped me to love others deeply. I started to forget my hopelessness by serving others, mm. considering them more than myself. I prayed for, uh, prayed with compassion for these women in their suffering and less and less about my own. In this stage, um, however, I did feel that my mental clarity was greatly lacking. I wanted to do right, but continued to suffer with a very cloudy mind. Um, and I had to remember that um, Israel wandered around in the wilderness, and it was God who brought them into the wilderness. He led them around in it 
For 40 years. For 40 years. It wasn't instantaneous. And then he brought them out. Mm. So I was able to rejoice again in that suffering because it was God who delivered in his time and it wasn't going to be in my time. So that was right doing. And that gave me a lot of hope. Mm. Number four, it was hope. That brought me to Romans 5, verses 1 and 2, which is just before this. And it says, Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus or through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into the grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Wow. God was being glorified in my suffering, and I saw the joy of a living for heaven in a new light. I wanted to be a vessel for the Lord. It kept my eyes fixed on heaven and me living and in this living hope. These verses had an all new meaning to me now. I began to meditate on it, and that caused me to go back up to number one, rejoicing greatly in my suffering which produced more endurance Mm. and more character and more hope. This was a cycle of faithful biblical hope. Mm. That's interesting. You know, um, in the two different charts that you drew, I love how you, um, you know, they were, they were like progressional, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, spiral. Yeah. And you don't even sometimes realize it um, and how you can break that cycle, the, the wrong thinking cycle by putting on the right thinking cycle. Yeah. And that, I think, was really good to, to walk us through, and I appreciate that. And just as a reminder, we will put these on our social media, and we'll have them in our show notes because I want to download them to my phone so that I have them because sometimes we deal with d- hopelessness in something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, wow, you could use that as a reminder for a lot of wrong thinking, really. <laughs> I mean, yeah. not just hopelessness, but it can be a lot of wrong thinking. So that's that's really good. Yeah. Well, chances are that you have lost hope in a hard time. Or maybe for you, it wasn't a hard time, but actually came right after a really great time, like having a baby or conquering a sin that have held you captive for many years. Remember that it's natural to feel that way. But God wants to give you more than a natural feeling or a vain hope. He wants to give you his living hope that will not disappoint. In contrast, Have you ever seen a woman with hope in a time when she shouldn't have? Mm. They're beautiful. They're smiling and working and speaking with a light that others can't explain because it's not natural to feel that way. It is natural to be upset because the situation is upsetting. They decided by faith to be skeptical of their thinking about the situation and to trust God to produce fruit. This is not an overnight change for a lot of women because um, because these things take time. Don't be discouraged with the time it takes. God is not working on our timetable. Hmm. Rejoice in the work that God's doing in your life. Think about me. I wanted, uh, I would not be able to speak to you today with such confidence in the hope of God if I had not suffered greatly for years. It is God's leading in, through, and out. You just walk by faith. It's our duty to obey what God has said by faith. It is for God to produce. This is 
um, where great hope is. There's great hope that God is glorified in our obedience because we're denying our natural feelings of hopelessness and trusting God to do what he has said. John Piper said, everything starts with God. If there is hope for joy that is deep and eternal, it will be hope founded on God. We must believe. There is no greater cure for vain hope or a lack of hope than to realize new every day the power of the hope-filling blood of Jesus and his love for us to die on the cross for all our sinfulness. Praise God. This is what we need to preach to ourselves every day. Mm -hmm. Use our self-influence in our own lives to speak the gospel, the gospel of living hope to ourselves. Then we will be filled with hope. Keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus and not looking to the right or to the left around, but live for heaven. That's really helpful in so many ways as I think back through all the things you said. I mean, of course, the the drawings or the charts that you've put together, but really they're just based on scripture and it's just how you kind of worked through it. I love that. Um, I also love the reminders that we have to be speaking these truthful things to ourselves. I know that when I've gone through um, despair or hopelessness, I was not speaking truth to myself. I was not even reading my Bible. Or I would read it just because I needed to check it off my list. I was not immersing myself in good sermons or good podcasts or good music that honored God. Mm -hmm. I was, like you said, pouring into Netflix or I was, you know, listening to some other things that were not feeding me right. You know, like we can't be healthy if we're eating the wrong foods, right? If I eat chocolate every day, I mean, I might be happy for, if I eat cheesecake for (laughs) breakfast, uh, someone in this room ate cheesecake for breakfast today. (laughs) It was so good. (laughs) I love that. But seriously, (laughs) if that's what you ate, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, eventually you would be sick. I would, yeah. So we got to feed ourselves with the right things. It is so, so practical, Ashley. So great. Okay, but... Have you, or how have you felt the emotion of despair and hopelessness? And how did you pull out? I mean, you gave us this chart, but like, do you have it in your back pocket physically? And how did you do that? Or did you even pull out of it? I did. It took many years. Um, I started feeling it, the the loss of hope, mothering lots of little children. Uh, and mothering's good. <laughs> it is. There's a great example that it is a good thing. Yeah. It, the, the struggle was that my world had gotten really small. I was at home all the time, you know, wiping noses and cooking yeah. food, um, and I forgot to look outside that. So with my world having gotten really small, and I had a lot of pregnancies back-to-back, and my body <laughs> was spent, I found myself having panic attacks um, for little things like the flu hitting our house mm-hmm. or any other common illnesses. Um, they scared me, and I would despair. I I just didn't want to keep going. I was tired of it and really had no desire to keep parenting or to keep having children or to keep doing the work that that I had set out doing. I wanted to give up. Mm. But I pushed through and eventually my hormones would level out and I just kept going. Uh, Then fast forward several years and um, I had a placental abruption and DIC losing my baby full term. And, um, I almost died myself. 
uh, when I did get out of the hospital, we had a funeral for him. And um, I was really glad when it was just all over. So I wanted to keep going. I just wanted to pretend it never happened and just keep pushing through like I had always done. Um, but it eventually caught up with me. Uh, two months later, uh, we found that the house that we had just moved into uh, had bed bugs. That oh. was horrifying to me. <laughs> that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back for me. And I spiraled so hard and so fast that I couldn't watch my children. There was just, mm. I could do nothing. My husband moved us out of the house while he and my oldest son, they just took care of everything regarding the bed bugs. I couldn't think about it. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. And they, they took care of the whole situation by themselves. And I was, I was stuck in hopelessness. I needed people there to watch me physically and to watch my children at that time. It was really scary. The only thing I could think or feel was abandonment by God. Mm. It was a time um, that as it went on, I started to question God and wrestle what I knew about Scripture versus what I was feeling. Mm. Uh, beautiful women in the church at that time tried to talk with me about how to get better, like I needed to get back to work, um, taking care of my family and and um, my house and just, you know, just... Doing the next thing, Doing so the next thing, yeah, yeah. Um, but in my heart, I really, I just scoffed them. I thought that was ridiculous because I didn't have any kind of strength. I didn't have strength to do anything. I couldn't get myself off the couch. I had other women call and encourage me with scripture. And believe it or not, I mocked them too because I knew scripture and it brought me absolutely no comfort. Mm. As a side note, these women are absolutely glorious to me now. They did not shame me for my struggle. They forgave me quickly because I was mean. And they gave me space to wrestle God. And I am really thankful for these women. Um, once I, I realized that my view of suffering was not God's view of suffering. I began to look at things differently. Now, as a side note, I was in the scripture all the time. Hmm. It meant very little to me, but I right. knew that's where I was going to find find the strength to keep going. So I, I kept pursuing it, even though I felt nothing in it hmm. as I read. And um, I'm thankful to God that he, his word does not return void, yes. that it comes back later. And I'm like, wow. I, I read that during that really dark time. Mm -hmm. um, so at that time, I had a false view that God would protect me from the suffering. Um, but that was a lie that I fed myself every day. And if God really loved me, then you know, then I wouldn't be suffering this way or I wouldn't have lost my child or uh, whatever, whatever, <laughs> fill in the blank. You know? right. But what I came to realize was that God's view of suffering was much, much bigger than mine. He was bringing glory to himself. Mm. He was teaching me about the kingdom of heaven, about how to trust him, about how to be humble. And I was really proud of my parenting. Like I, like I said, I just pushed through and I did it. I was really proud and I was being humbled. Mm -hmm. He was teaching me not to rely on my own wisdom, which I did, and to just fully rely on him keeping my eyes fixed on his glory. It was a very painful process. <laughs> mm, um, but I sure. started to heal 
when I began to be fully convicted, not just in my mind, not the, the truth that I knew, that the greatness of God and his love for me, but fully convicted in my heart, I could not rejoice when I doubted it. And when I was fully convinced when my mind preached the life-giving gospel to myself day in and day out. Um, Lamentations 3 brought me a lot of hope during that time mm-hmm. that uh, he, his ner- mercies are new every morning. You can see I couldn't stand firm like we had talked about before until, and endure unless I had first learned to rejoice. And I couldn't build character and work hard unless I had learned to faithfully stand. So even though at that point I had started to rejoice and then I started to stand strong and began working, um, and I was hopeful most days. I did still struggle with tiredness and mental fog, and that really caused me to get into like several several car accidents mm. because I I could see things coming, but didn't register. Mm. Wow. Um, yeah, and I um, forgot a lot of doctor's appointments or scheduled play dates with friends. And my daughter began to start texting me from school and reminding mm. me of my calendar for the day um, because of that that mental fog that I had. Mm. Um, my oldest daughter really at that time ran our home, mm. even though I had started working through the steps of faithful hopefulness um there there was it it did take time and um that did tempt me to despair as well because i thought it was unfair for her Mm. but i had to remind myself truth that god is good and he does good that just as it was good for me it was good for her and let me tell you that the faith that it has produced in her is far beyond anything that I could have fostered in time of teaching her. Mm. So for me, I had to rejoice in the continued suffering. I had to rejoice that God was humbling my self-view and heightening my view of him. I rejoiced in the work that God was working in me and producing in me and my family. I rejoiced that I was brought low so that God could show himself great in my lowliness that he felt produced all along. I, I journaled a lot during that time, um, also as a recommendation from my friends. I do still struggle from time to time with hopelessness. It's not something that completely went away. Some of it's hormonal due to all the children that I've had and the pregnancies mm-hmm. and Sure. Um, some of it is circumstantial because, like I said, life is hard and, and that doesn't automatically go away. And my husband um, put it this way when he was encouraging me one day that um, he was told once to fail forward. And I, in my in my depression, I was I mockingly told him, I was like, I don't fall forward. I fall into this pit and I can't get out. I'm just mm. sc- scraping and clawing my way. And he encouraged me with saying, well, when we're running a race with endurance and we fall, we still make ground. Mm. It's slow and it's hard to get back up, but we've made progress when we, and we are able then to keep going. But when we're stagnant and just standing around, not doing anything, not striving for heaven in our daily work, 
and we fall, it's to the right or to the left or deep and hard. And it's, it's much harder to get out. We don't make ground at all. We just, so we just fall. And, and so mm-hmm. we need to keep striving. We need to keep pursuing heaven. It reminds me of the verse in Philippians 3, to forget what lies behind and to press on towards the goal. Oh, amen. Wow. I just want to say amen, amen, amen. That was so, so helpful and really honest and real. And that's what I love about what you shared because you even made a comment like you're not even all there yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if that's the word you use, but like you still struggle sometimes with things even now. And that was really helpful to walk through your journey um, and hear things. It's interesting that you said that you believed a lie that God would not give you suffering mm-hmm. or that he would not protect you from suffering or that he would protect you from suffering, right? Yeah, yeah. I know I felt this before. Um, I actually came to see this under the title of entitlement. Mm. Um, you know, I've all, like, I'm a good Christian. I do the right things. And then God, you're giving me this struggle. Like, yeah. you know, I'm doing good things for you over here. Why are you not doing, you know, what about my good things over here? You know, that you're supposed to be giving to me. Yeah. Um, and you are right. This is such a lie because God is always good and he is always doing good for us. Even if it is suffering or struggles, that's actually goodness to us. Um, and it's a lie to easy believe that suffering is bad. I'm not saying that it isn't difficult. Yeah. Right. I'm not saying that it's, that it means we should be, you know, like there's, I remember hearing someone talk about the difference between um, that passage you said, rejoice in suffering. It doesn't say rejoice necessarily for the suffering. It's rejoicing in the suffering, mm-hmm. rejoicing to God. Yeah. So I think that's really helpful. Um, what good words for anybody listening who's despairing or, um, you know, or, or depressed, lacking hope, living in despair. I mean, I just, like I said earlier, love your honesty, that your struggles with the ladies who tried to help you, you know? I mean, I get that. And and your realization that they were loving you, I guess that's an encouragement for those of us on the other side who might be speaking to just kindly forgive. I mean, that's a big one. Forgive people. Don't stop talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to them and and then (laughs) forgive what they say back. Yes. Yeah. I mean, seriously. I mean, I think... I can remember having a conversation with someone where I was pretty nasty about something and I had to go back and apologize later. And yeah. this is life in the body too, you know? Yeah. Okay. So, um, Ashley, what would you share a couple of verses that really helped you? You know, I, I was thinking, you know, as people go through this, we could, this could be kind of like a, uh, care package of sorts. And maybe we can even put these on our social media so you could have them saved in some way that you could go back to them. Oh yeah. That, that's really neat. Um, the first one that came to mind actually is a story. Um, it was extremely helpful to me to look at biblical examples of depression when I was going through it. Nice. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about Elijah in 1 Kings 19, 3 through 8. And it says that Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba to a town in Judah and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I had, I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors who have already gone. Then he laid down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there beside his head was some baked bread on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and laid back down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Get up and eat, 
eat some more and the journey or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and he ate and drank and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. We learn from these verses a few things. Uh, one, that he was afraid. Hmm. He isolated himself. He laid down in, depre- in depression. Um, however, by faith, he cried out to God. So we saw where, see where he turned during that time. He was not afraid to tell God that he wanted to die. God is able to handle our emotion, hmm. and, and it is God to whom we need to turn. Uh, second, uh, God commanded him to get up and to eat, to do right, and God provided the food. But he also touched him and gave him the strength to eat. But then he went back and laid down again. It's important for us to remember that even in Elijah's life, strength was not instantaneous. God did not pick him up and take him to the mountain and make all of the struggles go away and all, the, all of his fears, but rather he strengthened him for the, for the fight. Mm. Even after his first strengthening, though, he went back to sleep. So however, God strengthened him a second time and told him to go and do right again. And after the second time, he was strong enough to make the journey to the mountain of God. He would not have made it to the mountain of God if he had not given or if he had given into his feelings and killed himself at the start. He would not have received the glory of the strengthening from God. Do you see how God himself was glorified in that sor- in the story of Elijah's depression? Mm. It was so helpful to me when I was struggling in the same way mm. that to see God giving Elijah everything he needed and Elijah turning to God and not having anything to give back. Yeah, and it wasn't like a quick moment Mm-mm. that it all got changed, no. which is what we hope for yeah. in despair. <laughs> we do. We want it just to be over. Yeah. Um, but other verses... Our, um, I was thinking about Romans 15, 4, and it talks about our um, biblical hope is a sure thing. Mm-hmm. Romans 15, 5 uh, t- is biblical hope uh, doesn't disappoint. Mm-hmm. And 1 Thessalonians 4, 13, biblical hope changes our grieving. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10, and picking up again in 16 to 18, biblical hope is our help through this difficulty. Whatever this difficulty is, this is this is the hope for you. That's um, a great chapter. It is really <laughs> a great chapter. Um, I spent uh, a lot of time in Lamentations. Uh, Lamentations 3, 20 through 24, I wrote out every day. Oh, and um, what a practical thing to do. <laughs> I did. And the I, whole chapter or those nope, verses? Those verses, 20 okay. through 24. Um, and that was that was the the hope in God from that was me speaking to myself, hope in God. Uh, Philippians four, eight through nine, practice right thinking. Mm. Hebrews That's tw- another good chapter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh, actually a lot of my friends had spoken that to me mm-hmm. uh, when they were talking to me. Just is what you're thinking true? And it mm-hmm. usually wasn't. And, um Hebrews twelve, one. You're not alone. Keep going. 
God is walking with you and beside you and leading you. Uh, Psalm 42, 5, uh, speak truth to yourself. And I was actually thinking on the way here um, that um, in Philippians 2, um, 14, it's do all things without grumbling and mm. arguing. So that you may shine like stars <laughs> in a perverse generation. Mm. That's yeah. one of my verses I remember from high school. It's interesting yeah. how God's word, you might learn it when you're a kid, but it carries on and it's something that you can, it's applicable all of our life. Oh yeah. I, the stuff I've memorized when I was a child has been incredibly helpful to yeah. me now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, thank you, Ashley. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I love these verses. Uh, I just love it because sometimes we just, when we're going through despair, we got a whole bunch going on. We're not thinking straight. We don't want to spend two hours looking up verses and figuring out which verses to use. We just need somebody to almost like give you a care package. Here, here's your box of verses, you know, girl, go to it, start reading them. So that's what that was. That was like your box of verses, your care package to somebody. And like I said, we'll try to put those on our, we will put them on our, we won't just try, but we will put them on our, um, on our social media because, and in our show notes, because then you can find them easier. Ashley, would you pray for us today? Yes. Yes. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your son who lived a perfect life without any grumbling or complaining, and he died so that we might have hope. Please give us the grace to stand strong, faithful to your word, and to praise you for making us weak so that we might glory in your strength and your strong hand of deliverance. I thank you for my years of struggling so that you might comfort any of your children that might be longing for hope today. I pray that any of your children placing their hope in vain, wishful thinking, and not on your character and promises, that they will turn to you today and be blessed with your great, unchanging, and living hope. You be praised. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Ashley, for coming on and sharing. I mean, like I said, I don't know, 12 times through this episode. What a great blessing to me personally this is. And um, it's good to hear the direction. I, I think um, when we're going through something that's um, lacking hope or hopelessness and despair, we need both like specific direction, like what to do next. We need encouragement and we need challenge. You know, like you need to just do this, girl. You know, you need to look to God. And I, I think that combination has been so helpful today. So I'm very thankful that I'm able to talk to this. I mean, we didn't even touch on all that we could have touched yes, on yes, this, but I right. hope this was very helpful. Yeah, I, I think it is. Hey, next week, we will continue actually with this theme in, in, a, in a way of sorts because we're going to be listening in on a um, talk that was given at a Regarding Him conference on the topic of dealing with grief. Um, I hope you'll join us for that episode that drops next Thursday, just like all of our episodes do every single week. Um, join our social media page, follow us or like us at Women of the Word on Instagram or Facebook. Also, if you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe. You will get notifications of each episode that drops and actually it helps, it'll help you out because you'll know when it comes, but it helps us out. I learned this week that, especially on Apple, if you um, subscribe, the more subscribers we get, then it pushes our show up into the podcast you might like section, which of course, we all like it, right? But someone else who we want to be listening who's not a part of 
who doesn't know about it can then go, oh, I might try this one called Unshaken, and they might um, follow along and hear some good truths like the one presented today through Ashley and other women that we have on each and every week. So I'm sure other platforms work this way too, so I really encourage you to go and subscribe. And remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time.